have one more uh, teaching I'd like to share on a peculiar people. Is that okay tonight? And it's on peace. <laughs> and uh, that's because I need it, so join in and listen, or you don't have to, but I'm preaching for myself tonight. Everybody say peace. peace. The Bible says that Jesus is our peace. And so if he's our peace, then we have peace, whether we feel peace or not. I've learned over the years, and I'm sure a lot of you have too, our feelings are subject to change. The word of God is not. It is forever settled. And if you would, uh, I, I know this isn't up there, but it's in Hebrews 13, 5 and 6 in the Amplified. I want to read this to you tonight because I believe it's a good word for all of us before we begin. We'll be talking about 1 Peter 2, 9, where the Bible says we're a peculiar people. Uh, God called us to be a peculiar people. And I know some people may have already called you odd or weird or peculiar or many other names that along that line. But when you're called that because of the word of God and what you stand for as a Christian, that's a good thing. Jesus said, I was persecuted, you'll be persecuted. And when you're persecuted for the word's sake, the Bible says we're to rejoice. And so when people think you're peculiar, you say, well, thank you. That is a compliment because that says you are different than what the world is. And you respond differently. You act differently. But this is, this is what it says. This is Hebrews um, is this Hebrews 13, 5 and 6? In the, uh, no, oh yeah, amplified, yeah. Let your character or moral disposition be free from love of money, including greed, avarice, I don't know what that is, avarice, lust, and craving for earthly possessions. Did you get that? Let it be free from those things. And be satisfied with your present circumstances and with what you have. Now, you may be here tonight and go, ugh, but... Let's read on. For he, God himself, has said, I will not in any way fail you, nor give you up, nor leave you without support. I will not, I will not, I will not in any degree leave you helpless, nor forsake you, nor let you down, relax my hold on you, assuredly not. Isn't that good? Now, the Amplified, my husband says, is a woman's Bible because it has so many words. And he's convinced because he thinks we talk a lot. So we take comfort, and we take comfort in that and are encouraged and confidently and boldly say, the Lord is my helper. I will not be seized with alarm. I will not fear or dread or be terrified. What can man do to me? Everybody say, that's a good word. And so tonight I say that to all of you. If you're going to walk in the peace of God, you have to have an assurance that God is your help. That God, for no reason, everybody say, for no reason, he will never leave you or forsake you. People forsake God. People leave God. But God never leaves anybody. And uh, so if you'd put up that First Peter 2, 9 for me, and we're going to look at that. This is what we talked about all the Wednesday nights in March. And then last week, my husband preached on wisdom. If you weren't here, you can get that uh, CD or look online. First Peter 2, 9. You are a chosen generation, a royal priesthood, a holy nation, his own special people that you may proclaim the praises of him who called you out of darkness into his marvelous light. And you may say, well, that doesn't really sound like who I am, a royal priesthood. You know, you may be looking at your life tonight and, and see where you're at in your life. Uh, the good thing about serving the Lord is that it doesn't depend on what you see in yourself. It's what he sees in you. And he says, sees that you're fearfully and wonderfully made, that he has a plan for your life, a divine destiny, and he can get you there 
if we'll yield to him and let him do the work he wants to do. And uh, we talked about called to be a standout. Courage begins with humility. No fear. Integrity. And in, in imitate Jesus or be intimidated. And tonight, peace. And I'd like you to turn to John 14, 27. That's where we're going to begin. Um, the Lord gave me the scripture years ago. Um, I was called on to do a funeral. And um, John chapter 14 is really the beginning of three chapters in the word of God. John 14, 15, and 16, where Jesus began to speak to his disciples about his death, about what was coming, that he was going to leave them, and that they would be left without him in the earth. But he told them that this is, this is good. This is not a bad thing, because if he leaves, then my Father who is in heaven, it says in John 14, he will send the Holy Spirit, and the Holy Spirit will be with you all the time. Now, we know from le- reading about Jesus' life in the Gospels, he couldn't be everywhere all the time. But the Spirit of God is everywhere all the time. And so Jesus was saying, once I am dead and resurrected, everybody say resurrected. Once I put my blood on that mercy seat, the door will be open and every single person who receives me as their Lord and Savior will be able to hear from heaven, be directed by heaven, by the power of the Holy Spirit. Everybody say good news. Everybody say the gospel is good news. It's not about God telling you how bad you are. It's about God showing you how good he is because of what Jesus did on Calvary. And when you read the word in that light, then it doesn't become a book of condemnation. How many of you, before you were saved, you'd read the word and feel bad about yourself? Maybe before you knew Jesus. Well, the law, it says the old covenant was a, a, a book of condemnation. But the new covenant, why the new covenant? Because Jesus is the one that secured the new covenant. And in that, there is love and life. Everybody say love, love. and life. And, and so when he says in Hebrews, I will never leave you or forsake you, that is a promise that he's already made sure because of Jesus and what happened at Calvary. He secured it forever, then he would never leave you or forsake you because now Jesus' blood had secured the ability for you to always be in touch with God. Now, we're not always in touch with God. How many of you are in touch with God every minute of every day? We, we all are, you know, maybe busy doing our own thing. But at any moment, everybody say any moment, if we cry out to Jesus, he is there. He is there. He is available all the time. So in this scripture, uh, I was doing a funeral, and, and I really felt that this scripture was the scripture I was supposed to leave the people with. Uh, and it's in 1427, peace I leave with you. Now, you remember Jesus is saying he's going to leave his disciples. Of course, they're not getting this fully. Um, they didn't get a real revelation. Even after he was crucified, they thought he was gone forever. Uh, so this really wasn't getting in their heart. But Jesus was telling them before it happened. Peace I leave with you. My peace. Everybody say his peace. My peace I give to you. Then he specifically says, not as the world gives do I give to you. Let not your heart be troubled, neither let it be afraid. How many of you know there is a peace? um, Just like there's love in the world to a degree, there's joy, which is, uh, you know, people have joy that don't know Jesus. People have peace to a degree that don't know Christ. But there is a peace, everybody say, a peace that God gives us through Jesus that 
absolutely keeps us secure and on a foundation that cannot be shaken. And then he says, so let not your heart be troubled. Now, in the very beginning of John, this is a scripture sometimes you hear when you go to a funeral. Let not your heart be troubled. You believe in God, believe also in me. In my father's house are many mansions. If it were not so, I would have told you. I go to prepare a place for you. And if I go and prepare a place for you, I will come again and receive you to myself. That where I am, there you may be also. Goes on to say, I'm the way, the truth, and the life. No one comes to the Father. Everybody say that. No one goes to the Father except through Jesus. And so at the beginning of this, he, he gives an assurance of eternal life, of, of a, a place where you will not be troubled. When you get to heaven, you will not be troubled. Nobody that's been put in the cemetery is troubled anymore. How many of you know that's true? There's no life there. But he also promises in this same chapter that as long as you live in the earth, there will be peace also. Everybody say peace also. There will be an assurance that you do not need to be troubled. Isn't that good news? How many of you in here tonight have had some troubling times? Uh, I've had some troubles over the last week. And, and, you know, when you face troubled times, that's when you need to know his peace is what you have, not, not what the world gives. Because uh, when, especially when you're in the hospital, and, and I was in Riley yesterday um, most of the day with a family whose little boy, um, when he was in the womb, they discovered that his kidneys were not shaped right. And so he's been through two surgeries to correct that. And then they realized that something wasn't right with his bladder. And then yesterday we had to go and we had, he had to have surgery on his spine to try to relieve pressure on a nerve that would help his bladder function more properly. And so this little guy, you know, he's in there. And as soon as they get out that little pair of jammies with the little colored top, he's, no, no, I'm sure you experienced that when, when you had Alex. And uh, so, uh, you know, and I'm there. I, I'm supposed to be the, the calm one, the, the pastor. Well, I have a real hard time with children. You know, and, and um, I just, I do, I have to count on the peace of God and not what I see. And, and he started saying, no, 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 mommy. And, uh, and he didn't want anything to do with his dad then because his dad's usually the one that has to scoop him up and make him, you know, go to, to the place where he's going to have surgery. He's almost four now, so he understands he's had enough things happen. How many of you know you need the peace of God in that situation? You got to know that that little boy, when he goes back in that room, that Jesus is going with him and that the peace of God is going to cover that little guy and he's going to be all right. And I prayed because they said to the mom, well, you can come back. And uh, so they dressed her. And so she was trying to get him to dress up like her, but he wasn't buying it at all. You know, it was all right. You go ahead. I'll stay here. (laughs) Go ahead. You be the one. And uh, so I'm just praying in the spirit, you know, and, and when I would get a chance, I'd put my hand on him and try to pray peace. But the devil is so wicked. And when I went to pray one time for him, he just started screaming. And I knew it was the enemy trying to resist that prayer. Everybody say the prayer of peace. The enemy, we have an enemy. We have an enemy. And, uh, and so I just continued to pray. Well, the doctor came in and said, we'll put a gown on you and we'll take you back. And you sit in the chair. They actually took her right into the surgery room. Riley Hospital is a wonderful hospital for children. And I've been there several times now. And they took him in, took her. He was crying, 
but because she was with him, his mom, and, and she had peace because I, I had talked with her, and she, she felt like this is what God wanted him to do. So she had to sit down and put the mask over his face and let them put the medicine through that mask that would cause him to relax and go to sleep. And she just rocked him until he fell asleep, and then she came out. I thought, dear Jesus, I don't know if I could do that. And I'm supposed to be the pastor. Act brave. Act brave. Act like this. It's okay. You know, sometimes you just have to walk by faith and believe the truth of the word. Everybody say the truth of the word. Jesus said, I give you my peace, not as the world do I, not the world's peace. I cannot tell you the doctor said we're going to be fine. The nurse said we're going to be fine. How many of you know they have, they're well-intended? But in your heart, if you don't know it's going to be fine, then you are troubled. And we live in a very troubled world. I mean, these are situations that couldn't be helped. And, and he came out of it just fine. And, of course, the hardest thing with a child is they come, they come out and they're ready. They do not, you know, they are, they are fixed. And, uh, and the mother's like, you know, like this, and the dad's in the same shape. But uh, he, they had to keep him still. He did wonderful. The, 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 thing, the surgery was a success. But um, I, I prayed that that little boy would know the peace of God because, you know, there's trauma is real, and trauma, it leaves a memory. And so I had, I, I had to pray that that peace that Jesus promises. You know, when you're praying the word of God, you have to believe that it's true. You have to believe that there is a peace that passes understanding. How many of you in here have, have felt that before? in a situation. Just a tremendous peace. Um, I know, um, you know, Saturday evening, some of my family was kind of concerned for me. And, uh, and so they were calling to see, you know, if they could help me Sunday morning, because they knew that I was playing the, the, the p- keyboard. And then they knew I would preach and then I go back and play the keyboard and then I preach again. And, uh, and they were concerned for me. I said, really, I'm fine. I'm fine. Everybody say the peace of God. Now, I was preaching on grace, and I did ask God to let it come forth before I preached it, like, like the minute I came out here. And he was very gracious. Everybody say, God is full of grace, full of grace and truth, and he'll give you grace. But there's something about peace that, that you don't even realize that there's trouble because there's such a peace that has a hold of your heart. Everybody say, I need that. <laughs> I need that. And that's what Jesus said. He said in the last of these three chapters, in the last verse of chapter 16, just before he begins to pray about him, for what's happening to him, for what's going to happen to them, uh, in, in chapter 16. Now, these three chapters, he talks a lot about the Holy Spirit, about what's going to happen to them, that they will be persecuted, there will be things that come, but because they belong to him, they will get through those places. His very last, very last of this to his disciples in verse 33 was, these things, everybody say, these things. What are these things? Everything in chapter 14, 15, and 16. If you want to know what Jesus was teaching his disciples before Palm Sunday, this was what he taught them about the fact that he would be gone, but they would be all right. Everybody say, thank God. And so it says, these things I've spoken to you that in me you may have, you may have what? Peace. In the world you will have tribulation. Now, I'm going to read to you from my Bible what tribulation is and see if you've ever been tribulated, okay? I don't even know if that's a word. Pressure, oppression, stress, anguish, tribulation, adversity, affliction, crushing, squashing, squeezing, distress. Anybody ever have that before? 
That's tribulation. But he says, be of good cheer. Well, how are you going to be of good cheer when you're being squashed and squeezed? Because you have the peace of God. The peace of God. And he says, I be of good cheer because I have overcome the world. In other words, whatever you're facing, I am greater than that. And so you will overcome. You will have the victory. Now, if you look at Philippians 4, uh, you know, Paul, I believe, had a revelation of this. And um, he said uh, in verse 6, Be anxious for nothing, but in everything by prayer and supplication with thanksgiving. Let your requests be made known to God. And the, the what? The peace of God, which surpasses all, how much understanding? All, all understanding will guard your hearts and your minds through Christ Jesus. How many of you know you need your heart to be guarded? How many of you know your mind definitely needs a guard on it? You know, um, your heart, your will, your emotions, the things that happen that cause you to get into a position where the enemy begins to take advantage. That's called the tribulations of this life that we're going to live through. Now, you have to remember, in John 14, Jesus said, These things are going to come to you. They're going to happen. But you're going to have peace in the midst of the storm. Everybody say peace Peace. in the midst of the storm. And uh, I believe God is really preparing the body of Christ for what's coming in the earth. Because I believe there's some tribulation that's coming that's going to be difficult maybe for us. uh, Because because we believe and because we know Jesus, we, we know that we win. Everybody say, I know I win. But sometimes when you have such confidence that you're going to win, uh, when you get hit by a big storm, you're not really ready for the big storm. And, and I believe God is preparing the church for seasons where we're going to go through storms. Uh, the beginning of this year, he said, you will go through a mid-course correction for multiplication. And then he said, after that, times two, times two, times two. This morning, I heard Rick Renner on Kenneth Copeland and I was listening to uh, Monday, Monday, I think it was Monday, that he was there with him. I was listening to, the, to what they said on, on the Internet. And he said, I believe 2014 is a year of doubling. I thought, yes, sir, God, I received that. Now, I don't always listen to Kenneth Copeland, but I woke up this morning and my sister had said, listen to Kenneth Copeland this week. And I listened this morning at 630, and I, and I, I heard this man speaking. Everybody say, the Spirit of God Spirit. speaks ahead of time. And so peace, we have to learn to walk in this peace that God says, and it has to go beyond our understanding. Now, this isn't the understanding of the word of God. It's the understanding of circumstances we're in. Could I say that again? It surpasses our understanding of the natural world and takes us into the dimension of the supernatural. Like it says in second Corinthians, this is a temporary world we live in the eternal because we've been translated. We read it at the beginning. We are already a part of what God is doing in the earth through the kingdom of God, not through what's going on in this natural world. We are not subject to what happens in the earth. The earth. Now, we have to obey the laws of the land, but we are not subject to what the world is experiencing. Turn to your neighbor and say, that's good news. Because I don't know about you, but what I've been listening to on the news Uh, I don't want to be subject to that. And he says right here, the peace of God which surpasses all understanding will guard your hearts and minds through Christ Jesus. That means this peace is going to bring with it an understanding that surpasses anything that you see. 
This peace will allow you to hear God. I can promise you, if you're not walking in the peace of God, you will not hear what God's saying. You will be on the wrong path for sure. And that's just what the enemy does. He wants to bring confusion. So it also says in Colossians 3.15, and I believe this is the greatest uh, tool for making a decision. How many of you need to make a decision in here tonight? And you don't know what to do. How many of you have had to make decisions? You didn't know what to do and you made the wrong one. <laughs> okay, this is, this is what it says in Colossians 3.15. Let the peace of, let the peace of God do what? Rule in your hearts. Now, the other scripture said, guard your heart. This says, rule in your heart, to which also you were called in one body and be thankful. It's talking about in that particular part of scripture that, you know, no matter what we face, we do not operate by the flesh, but we let the peace of God, everybody say the peace of God, rule in our heart. I I was in a position once where I had to make a decision, uh, and and I didn't know which decision to make. How many of you have ever been in that? you, you begin to try to reason then, you know, is this the right thing or that the right thing? And I've even had dis- had to make decisions before where I had scripture for both of them. <laughs> How many of you, <laughs> that's, that's a really bad place to be. How many of you know you can find a scripture for anything? But see, this peace of God that's on the inside roots you to the truth of the word of God, and you're able to really discern which thing is the, the peace of God. And, and what to do. And so I asked the Lord, I said, I don't know what to do. So I'm just not going to make a decision. And I heard this. No decision is a decision. When you don't know what to do, no decision is a decision. Everybody getting that? I had a, 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 the lady that mentored me in the very beginning when I first got saved. Uh, she said to me, you know, I just want to tell you this. Because I had a tendency to run away from things that I didn't know what to do with. Maybe none of you have ever had that. But it's like, well, I'll just run away, and then, then I want to think about this. Have anybody ever been there? I did that as a child. You know, I would just go to my room if they wanted me to sing because I didn't want to sing. So I'd just run away and go to my room. And then you didn't have to sing. So if it gets really tense, I just more or less go to my room and, and run away. And she said to me, uh, never run. I thought, oh, God, I'm going to have to stay and face this. She said, when you feel pushed... And when you feel shoved and harassed, don't move because cattle are driven and sheep are led. Everybody say, cattle are driven and sheep are led. And I have never forgotten that. When God leads us, there is a peace that takes us right down. Everybody say, the peace of God in your heart. And if you don't have peace in your heart, do not do whatever it is that you feel like you're being forced to do. I can promise you, when it's time and you have to, God will lead you by his peace because that's who he is. He doesn't want you to not know what to do. So everybody say, the peace of God needs to rule my heart. So we guard our heart by, by praying and then letting our understandings be set aside and walking in the peace of God. And the last one I want to give you is wisdom. In James 3, 17 and 18, it talks about just before that how if you want to be wise and, 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 and who is wise, not the person who's self-seeking. Everybody say self-seeking. And my husband taught on this last Wednesday, and if you weren't here, you need to get that, that CD. But um, it says the wisdom that is from above is first pure, then what is it? Peaceable. Gentle, willing to yield, full of mercy and good fruits, without partiality and without hypocrisy. 
Then it goes on. Now the fruit of righteousness is sown in peace by those who make peace. Uh, when we were in Tulsa in Victory Christian Center, uh, my husband was known as the person to get when there was trouble because he was a peacemaker, Pastor Bill. And, uh, and he could take any bad situation. Uh, he just was gifted to do this. I mean, it had to be God. I mean, we had some really difficult situations. But he could come into that situation once on a bus with a teenager who'd taken over the bus with a knife or something. And uh, they said, get Pastor Bill. And he went on that bus. And he could talk and speak, and the peace of God would come in that place. Everybody say, the peace of God. There are situations and circumstances today in this world where we need to be that person who walks in and peace rules. Amen? Uh, there's, there's so many situations. I, I was just had the weather channel on this morning to see what the weather would be, and they came on and said there had been a stabbing of several students in, in Pittsburgh, Pennsylvania. Some young person went into high school and just started stabbing people. You know, we need to be the person who has the peace of God where fear does not move us. We're not taken back by what we see because in those critical situations where the peace of God rules, then there can be uh, the spirit of God in that position to change what's absolutely going on in that place. And, and my husband somehow got that whole thing turned around and they all got off the bus and they all went in to see the power team and Everything was all right, and he came off, and, and the administrator that time said to him, well, what happened? He said, oh, everything's under control. Well, five minutes later, he couldn't understand because he said, sure wasn't under control a few minutes ago. Well, everybody say the peace of God. The peace of God brings a change in the atmosphere, in the environment. So we need to walk in that kind of peace. It says in Proverbs, how many of you have a few enemies? You're going to love this one. Uh, it says... When a man's ways please the Lord, he makes even his enemies to be at peace with him. Now, you know, what does that mean? That means when we walk the way God calls us to walk with our enemies, when we please God in the way we do what we're called to do, it says in the Bible that we're to pray for those who despitefully use us and persecute us. How many of you want to do that? Not me. I didn't used to want to do that. But, you know, when you pray for people, it changes your heart toward those people. And then when your ways please God, he says he even makes your enemies to be at peace with you. And uh, so I suggest if you're here today and you want peace in a situation, in a relationship, and somebody appears to be your enemy, well, then make your ways pleasing to God. It doesn't say fix them. Did you notice that? It doesn't say take them to church and, or give them a CD on how to how to do the right thing or any of that. It just says, let your ways please God, and then even your enemies will be at peace. There's a scripture in Isaiah 33 that um, several years ago I was speaking up in Michigan in a church, and this lady, I can't even remember her name now. I, I, if I saw her, I would know it was her, but I don't remember her name. She said in her speech that she was giving, or you know, her ministry, she said the Lord told her that in the last days, everybody say the last days, the hardest thing to find would be a stable Christian. I thought, well, if we're not stable, who, who's going to be stable? And at the time, you know, I was young in the Lord. Uh, how many of you have ever heard something and thought, oh, pff, you know, I don't believe that? 
But now that I'm living here, and it is like the last days that we're really facing, I mean, if we're a lot closer than we used to be, that was 20 years ago. And if you look at the signs of the times that we're in, uh, I think she was right. Because the church is wavering in their, in their commitment to the truth of the word of God. That it, it's, it, we don't need to be concerned. Let me just say this. The world is not what's running what's going on in the earth. It's the church. Everybody say the church. Because the Bible is clear. God owns all of the earth and the fullness thereof. All the people in there. All of his people. Everybody say all of his people. When we do what we're called to do, then the condition of this earth and this world, this United States, it will change. How many of you, you believe if the Christians in this world rose up and said, we are against abortion. It is not the truth of the word of God. And we all voted that way. Do you think that would make a difference? It would. So what is happening? We're not all voting that way. Which means, everybody say, which means the wisdom of the world has infiltrated the wisdom of God in the church. And, and I'm, not, I'm not condemning people. I'm saying that the enemy is really good at what he does. And when he begins to get people to reason and they leave the truth of the word of God, then there's an opportunity for deception and for things to happen. Isaiah 33, 6, this is what it says. Wisdom and knowledge, everybody say wisdom and knowledge, will be the stability of your times. And the strength of salvation, the fear of the Lord is his treasure. You know, uh, when Jesus said, let not your heart be troubled, my peace I give to you, not as the world gives. He's talking about the, the truth of the word of God, the things that he gives us in his word that pass, surpass our understanding, but they're his wisdom. Everybody say his wisdom and his knowledge. There's a scripture in the Bible that says knowledge puffs up. There's a lot of knowledge in the world today. How many of you recognize that? That the internet has taken us to such a level of knowledge that there's a lot of people who know a lot of things. Uh, you know, I'm just amazed. I was sitting with this young couple in the hospital down at um, Riley, and she said, are you on Viper? And I thought, oh, a snake. No, I have nothing to do with a snake. And <laughs> that's some kind of a system where you talk to each other, just like, you know, your message on your phone. Uh, and, you know, I'm ignorant of those kinds. Of, oh, she said, you need to be on Viper. I'm on Viper. Takes my phone. Click, 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 click. And now I'm on Viper. And I don't even know how to do Viper. Um, but she has a lot of knowledge of things that I have no knowledge of. And, and there's a lot of times we can have knowledge of things, but the Holy Spirit of God, everybody say the Holy Spirit of God. This peace that you walk in suddenly will go check. Everybody say check. Now, you're not supposed to talk just spiritual lingo because people don't always understand. A check is when the Holy Spirit says, uh-oh, not right, okay? Ding dong or whatever bell you have that rings in you, whatever it is because we all have different sounds on our phone. Whatever it is, you know, that sound, when you hear it, you stop because wisdom, the wisdom of God is peaceable, is peaceable. And it's pure. And, and when you feel that, the character of a believer is different than the character of the world. And when people say, well, why don't you want to do that? Do you know this? You don't always have to give people an explanation. I learned that from my husband. He is brilliant. He said, 
you do not always have to explain yourself. Just say, I cannot do that. Everybody say, I cannot cannot do do that. Why? Because I have no peace. Well, why don't you have peace? The devil loves to question you, just like he questioned Eve. I don't always know why I don't have peace. When my husband and I first came here and started this church, um, I would say, I don't have peace. Uh, I have a check about that situation with that person. Not that I don't like that person, but there's something there that needs to be fixed. Finally, my husband said to me one day, is there anybody that you don't have a check about? (laughs) And I felt real intimidated by that because he's so smart spiritually. But I felt like God said, don't ever say it's okay till you know it's okay. Even if you're wrong, because the two of us are a team. And if we are not in agreement, then the power of God is stopped. Whether he doesn't get it or I don't get it, we made a decision in the very beginning of this church. We do nothing unless we're in agreement. Nothing. And there are times I don't get it. He waits for me. There's times he doesn't get it, and I do my best to wait on him. (laughs) My personality is a little different, but I do wait. Everybody say wait. See, we wait for the Lord to give us peace. Everybody say peace. There is nothing so urgent that you have to go by that peace that rules in your heart. And uh, so this stability of a Christian, I believe, in the times we're living in is critical to what's coming. And to be stable, we have to be built on that foundation that, the, that it talks about in Matthew, that when the winds blow, we don't fall over. Well, that's the peace of God will help you rule in that situation. We're going to go through perilous times. Now, I know this may sound a little silly, and I'm going to finish with this, but I was, I was watching uh, the music country uh, music awards on Sunday night. Uh, sometimes when I have just had too many things. Have you ever had just too many things? I finished preaching on Sunday, and and Heather came up, and she said, we have an incident. I thought, oh, God, don't tell me. (laughs) I can't take any more incidents until after two. (laughs) But, you know, I and and my heart, oh, my heart just started going. Because the enemy, everybody say the enemy. He is always working to do something. And we do, we do, we pray over things. We do our best to make the, right, make right decisions, but things happen. And, uh, and you know, so I, I was, Sunday night, I thought, I am just going to listen to country music. And, and, you know, it wasn't bad country music. It wasn't like, I'll meet you on my way down. You know, I'll pick you up on my way down. Or, you know, all my exes live in Texas or those things. Pastor Bill, he knows all those country songs. And so he changes the words now to make him Christian. But anyway. Miranda Lambert was on, and uh, she's this cute little tiny thing, and uh, she was just singing her heart out on this song, and I honestly did not understand one word. (laughs) Have you ever listened and not, it's like, where's the words? Put it on the screen. I can't follow you. And uh, and I don't think it's my age. It's just that, you know, they get that microphone. <laughs> you can't understand anything. And so I thought, what is she saying? And at the very end, she said, automatic. I thought, there it is. Automatic. And instantly I heard, Pam, do not put it on automatic. Autopilot is not acceptable at this time. 
Everybody say a word from the Lord. It was so strong. Now, I'm watching country music awards. People say, I can't hear from God. God speaks all the time. He'll even speak through the country music awards. Because I heard that. Don't, don't put it on automatic. And, and, and so I said to Megan, get me the words to that song. <laughs> she did. Bless her heart. Boy, when I need something, I just call her up. She goes right to that computer. My husband said, when are you going to learn that? I said, never. <laughs> as long as i got somebody who can do it, I'm in good shape. But it talks about a quarter in a payphone, drying laundry on the line, watching Sunty in the window, pocket watch, telling time. Seems like only yesterday I'd get a blank cassette, record the country countdown, because I couldn't buy it yet. If we drove all the way to Dallas just to buy an Easter dress, we'd take a, ran- a long Rand McNally. I said to my daughter, do you know what that is? She said, no, what is it? She is 43, and she doesn't know what that, because she never looked at a map in her life, because she's got a phone, and she can find her way all the way to heaven, probably. I don't know. (laughs) Rand McNally, or stand in line to pay for gas. God knows that shifting gears ain't what it used to be. How many can remember shifting the gears? I learned to drive that 55 just like a queen bee on a tree. Hey, whatever happened to waiting your turn? doing it all by hand because when everything is handed to you, it's only worth as much as the time put in. It all just seems so good the way we had it back before everything became automatic. And God began to speak to me. He said, it isn't, it isn't a day to put it on automatic, Pam. And I met with my staff, um, the ladies back here. We have a wonderful team in this office, Sandy and, and Megan and Heather and my sister, Chris, who always makes it a joy no matter what is happening in the building, if we, want, if, we, if we have a crisis, she can make it fun. She said, I don't like to do anything that's not fun, so we're having fun. And, uh, but they all shared what God was saying to them. Every one of us, every one of us have heard the same thing. It's time to be really sharp, to be really discerning, and to stay focused on what God's saying and be ready for whatever comes everybody say whatever comes and you cannot be on automatic you cannot be on autopilot because God does things differently in situations he will quicken us to things and we are living in a dangerous time everybody say dangerous time but glory to God I mean we've got the voice of God to tell us what to do we don't have to walk in fear but we do have to listen everybody say listen and this peace that rules your heart is a tool God causes us to hear what he's trying to say to us, even when we don't understand. Everybody say, even when I don't understand. At 3 o'clock this afternoon, I said, God, I have to preach at 6. Could you just send it on down? I need, I need help. I'm over here in the park, and, and I was very busy today, and I, didn't, and, and I was praying about this message. And God, all I could hear was automatic. Tell them not to put it on automatic. So I'm telling you tonight, whatever you're doing that's automatic, You just jump in your car and take off every day. Do the same thing over and over because it's automatic. Everybody say automatic. Automatic. Don't do it. Don't do it. Listen to God and let the peace of God rule your heart. Jesus stood up in the boat in Mark 39. The storm was raging. The disciples were fearful. Everybody say, this is going to be me. He stood up in the boat and he said, peace, be still. What was he speaking to? The wind, the rain, the waves. Peace, be still. We always focus on the part where he talked about their faith. 
It's amazing. He stood up in the boat and said, peace, be still. Everybody say amazing. I was playing golf with my sister once down there at the city before it flooded out and they're not using it. And uh, we were on the first hole and we got about halfway down and the wind was blowing like crazy. This is Pastor Chris. You'll, anybody knows Chris, Pastor Chris? She gets out with her golf club. She goes to swing and then she stops. Then she goes to swing again, she stops, and then she turns around to me and says, would you stand up and tell the wind to stop? I cannot hit my ball in this kind of wind. (laughs) Duh, you're a believer. Tell it to stop yourself. Everybody say, peace be still. Now, she is my sister, and she always says to me, I know when you preach it's not you because you can't do it. I lived with you. But she said, I know it's God. So I guess she thinks that if she tells me to get up and do something, it's going to happen. Well, you know, I didn't have faith to stop the wind. I said, do it yourself. But, but everybody say, peace be still. We are the church. We are the church of the living God, not a dead God. We, are not, we don't work for Allah. We don't work for any other kind of God. We work for a living God who has a people that he has enabled to be in the earth for such a time as this that when something happens, we do stand up and say, peace, be still. Amen? And that's what we have to do, folks. We are in that hour. And so take it off automatic and go through the storm. Everybody say, go through the storm. Do not get off the boat. There is nothing better off the boat. Could I just say that to you? There is nothing better off the boat. It is better to go through the storm with Jesus than get off the boat and try to get to safety. There is no safe place except in the presence of God. We hope you've been encouraged, strengthened, and challenged in your walk with Jesus. If you need prayer for situations in your life, we encourage you to email us at prayer at victorylafayette.org or call our offices at 765-447-7777. If you desire to make Jesus the Lord of your life or if you've drifted away from the relationship you once had, I encourage you to pray this prayer with me today. Heavenly Father, I believe that you love me. I believe Jesus died for me and rose from the dead. Today, I confess Jesus as my Lord and Savior, and I receive the forgiveness for all my sins. Holy Spirit, I thank you that you come into my life and empower me to live a victorious life. Thank you for saving me. In Jesus' name, amen.